All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Thursday. It's October 8th. I'm Doug Norrie, and over there is... James Davis. And we are coming at you with a game-by-game breakdown for the main slate. Um, There's a lot to discuss today because we're in weird, crazy times when it comes to what games are even going to play. I mean, it almost feels like a baseball thing where you get, like, the random cancellations. Actually, Actually, it's like a combination of baseball and then the constant news cycle of basketball in a way that I don't remember feeling about football in the past. Does that make sense? Like, I'm doing way more refreshing of news these days when it comes to what's going on with the NFL than... We'd always do it, but it was usually more concentrated on timelines. Like, you know, you know, Thursday, we'd make sure we were all set for going into Thursday. And then, you know, yeah. we'd do final checkups on, you know, maybe late Friday, early Saturday, and then final one Sunday. I feel like I'm much more in the, I'm much more in like the basketball camp of really anybody could get ruled out at any time at this point, And it might not even be injury related. Does that make sense? Like what I'm saying? I'm feeling definitely different about the, about the news cycles and updates regarding NFL in a way that I just don't remember, and it's just because we're, there's more factors at play here than there have been in the past. Yeah, I mean, having whole games wiped out certainly changed the dynamic completely uh, because, you know, football has tons of injuries, let's be clear. And oftentimes, though, there are a few inflection points where you learn a lot at once. So during the games on Sunday, you know, guys will just get hurt and be done for three weeks or the year or whatever. And then oftentimes leading into the weekend, we'll get kind of the final injury report heading in. But throughout the week, it's a lot of, oh, this guy's questionable. He's limited in practice. You know, it's not a lot of clear kind of smoking gun declarations. But now, right, it's like it's just out of nowhere, a guy like Cam Newton's gone. You're like, okay, right. well, <laughs> that's that's changes things a little bit for us here. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a different environment. Thankfully, with football, it what it's not is that leading up to the lineup block sweat that, say, basketball is where you're like, we still don't know. Is Luca playing tonight or is he yeah. not playing? Like we don't have that, thankfully. So, um, yeah. So it's it's different, but nothing we can't handle, Doug. No, and uh, we did do a cash game podcast yesterday. There's already some pieces of news that are going to um, flip a couple of the plays that we talked about yesterday. So we'll kind of we will mention what some of those injury news and updates are uh, as we roll through the podcast. We'll throw some bets out there. Definitely like some bets uh, that are coming up on the board. Uh, got some early ones where the line moved a little bit since then, but I'm still kind of liking where they are. Uh, if you're listening to this, I actually I. Well, in this one, what probably moved too much because I like the Bears at plus five and a half, but now it's plus three and a half. So I'm not sure you're getting away with anything there. I do like the over at 44 and a half between Tampa Bay and the Bears on the Thursday night game. So just throwing that out there, I know we're just talking about the main slate. First game we got Bengals go in and play the Ravens. Ravens are minus 13 home favorites here. The only, there's not really much injury news except that Lamar Jackson did get slapped with a questionable tag uh, yesterday. I don't think. That's going to be much that we're going to need to worry about. It could just be a maintenance thing uh, for him this week. What are our thoughts here on the Ravens? Lamar has been good to start the season, but nowhere close to, or you know, not not anywhere all that close to where he started out last season, which is when he was lighting the world on fire. Um, when you see this line, do you want to like play Lamar? It's hard to play much else on the Ravens at this point. Like you can't trust anything with the running game. They don't really pass enough. I mean, does Lamar? strike you as a cash game play this week with a big big favorite or is just kind of like this game could get out of hand or do you see the Bengals hanging what are your thoughts on this game yeah Lamar is always going to be playable as long as he's not injured basically <laughs> and particularly in good matchups like he has here with the Bengals and the Bengals this season you know they will give up a lot of opposing possessions too because they actually have a real offense now uh, for the first time in a few years so I, I think I like this matchup 
Uh, Lamar, it's worth noting, he missed practice on Wednesday, but it's not considered serious. Uh, just kind of a maintenance day right now. So, yeah, I think you can roll him out there. Um, it's kind of weird. You're not really getting a discount on Lamar at 8,900 the way you might expect, given that he's scoring seven fewer fantasy points a game than he did last year. But this is the kind of regression we were expecting anyway. So he's still good, but not just a, a must-play every single week, basically. So, yeah, the carries are there. Uh, you could argue he's sort of run bad on rushing touchdowns. I think he's a very solid option. So far this season, uh, he ranks 12th, uh, QB 12th on DraftKings points per game. <laughs> um, so I, you want to think that, and, and it's funny too because he ranks 12th, but it's not like the price has moved all that much. It's just still sort of based on, it's just based on the, just who he is, right? Like he's still the most expensive, I think, believe he's the most, still the most expensive quarterback on DraftKings despite not performing anywhere close to that relative to his peers. So it's not even you know, it's not like a Deshaun Watson thing where it's like, oh, it's been bad and the price has really come down. If the price has just stayed and he has basically disappointed you, you know, compared to the field uh, so far this season. So I don't know. I'm probably not going here. I just, we had talked about it, like the the touchdown passes were set to come all the way down and they basically have. Um, and I, I don't think it's even a thing where, oh, other teams have even figured it out. I just think that he was running so hot last year and in sort of an unsustainable way. And it's a bummer because we're really not getting any discount here. Anything to like on the Cincinnati side? Uh, Burrow obviously has looked pretty good uh, to start the season in terms of a fantasy perspective. And he's like, you know, he's done more than just fantasy stuff. Like, he's actually looked like a really competent quarterback, just happens to play on a really bad team with a bad offensive line and stuff. Is it just, just too bad of a matchup to play him here? Did still t- uh, target Tyler Boyd a lot last week. Uh, it's tough to trust a lot of the other stuff. Joe Mixon went crazy, but I'm not sure you want to play him as big underdog. Uh, any Any quick thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, I think they have more GPP upside than many people think. Uh, the Ravens this season, they haven't quite been the Ravens of old defensively. They're essentially middle of the pack in terms of yards per game allowed. We talked yesterday about how they allowed a big game to um, Terry McLaren, uh, where locking down wide receiver ones have been a calling card of theirs for a while. So, yeah, I think you can do some Cincinnati shenanigans in big tournaments. I think people will be totally off it. So I think that's actually sort of an interesting value stack just because they do have guys like Joe Mixon last week might have put up uh, the biggest running back game of the season. He scored 39.1 fan duel points, and he's still sub-7,000, right? So I don't know. You're not going to run it out there in cash just because anything can happen. But the Ravens not being that inspiring on defense. Yeah, they played, it obviously, the worst matchup against Kansas City. Their other opponents, Washington, Houston, Cleveland, that's not a murderer's row. So I think they might be uh, might be in the process of crashing down earth defensively and people aren't quite on it just yet. So, yeah, I'm, I'm semi-interested in Cincinnati for big tournaments here. Yeah, uh, I bet Cincinnati plus 13 and a half. It's down to plus 13 right now. So I still think that yeah, you're I love getting... That. I'm, on, I'm on Cincinnati even... I think 13 and a half is just way too much. That seems outrageous. I still think, yeah, I was going to say, I still think you're getting some value at plus 13 um, just because they just do have the ability to put up points. And I do, uh, their their offensive rating is what kind of buoys them a little bit. Uh, next game we have is the Eagles go in and play the Steelers. Steelers are seven and a half point home favorites here. The Eagles, I know they won last week, but they stink. <laughs> like this is their season so far. They lost to the Redskins. Uh, that looks worse by the day. Um, they got smoked by the Rams. They tied the Bengals. Okay, maybe you think the Bengals are a little better. And then they beat the 49ers, but that was a 49er like on their third-string quarterback at that point and the second-string running backs. And it was just like not – that wasn't their first-team offense at all. And it, took a, and it took a pick six to get it from there, basically. Uh, this is just not a good team. And meanwhile, you have the Steelers who 
not for anything else, got kind of a sneaky buy. Like, right, like the COVID thing was all the Tennessee side last week. They just didn't end up playing because they just had to sit it out because the other team had COVID. So, I don't know. We've seen rest really be great for, for NFL teams. Like, that's just the number one thing you can kind of get is just rest and, and kind of come in fresh. I kind of just love the Steelers here, and I'm wondering – if we maybe mm. overlooked a guy like John, uh, John, John, John Connor, he's from Terminator, James Connor. Um, <laughs> if we overlooked a guy like James Connor for his usage as big home favorites here against a pretty suspect team in the Eagles. Uh, we might have. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wrote Connor up, I think as an also ran in the article last week. He is interesting in that, you know, 23 total touches against Houston. Uh, he did punch in the touchdown. He's been moderately featured in the passing game. That's not exactly his calling card typically, but yeah, good offense. He His role is secure. He's fairly inexpensive as we continue to lose options in the running game. Like if we compare him to say Jarek McKinnon, who we were thinking about playing for a few hundred cheaper, I, I could be about Connor this week in cash. Yeah, he's uh, like, like I said, he checks a lot of the boxes and I was really encouraged when he came back. And while not an every down guy, like we'd seen for him in the past, did play... Eh, like 70% of the snaps. Benny Snell did get in there a little bit. That's not what they had done in the past, but I guess Snell had just looked good enough in, when he had replaced Connor that it was a fine, like the Pittsburgh feels better about that. I still think the snap counts are there. And like you said, 23 total touches in that game in week three. Uh, this one's a close one. And you're right. Like there are, actually, I, I, I'm less concerned about running back this week than I am about wide receiver, just because I feel like we're going to have to pay up a little bit at running back, at least not really expensive, but Connor definitely fits into that category of guys like if you wanted to play uh i'll throw out some of these guys later actually we'll go through some more of these games and then we can kind of round back onto where we feel about connor because i think that's a name that i hadn't really been totally considering until yesterday and then kind of wanted to go back there anything to like on the eagle side the offense is brutal it's it, partly it's not their fault they have a lot of injuries like goddard's gotten hurt now sean jeffrey's been out and uh, deshaun jackson's been out and so I guess like you can drum some of it up to injury, but the offense is so bad. I, I think they might rank they might rank last in offense uh, in DVOA. I have to double check that. Um, is there anything to like here? Or just maybe just think about just playing the Steelers' defense here. Yeah, it's been tough sledding for the Eagles so far. Uh, Miles Sanders has been a bright spot. I guess you could think about him for big tournaments. I think you're kind of grasping at straws. Uh, yeah, we I believe I wrote up the Steelers' defense for our cash game article this week. This week's been such a blur, I can, I can hardly remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I, yeah, I think that's solid. Um, the way things are kind of shaking out this week, it's kind of interesting for cash game lineups. We Right now, the system is diverting some money into defenses and tight ends, which is very strange. Uh, yeah. It doesn't usually do that. But when the system starts doing strange things, I often, I often feel good about it, oddly, because... I think those are the weeks that are hard, and it's easier to make money in hard weeks than it is in easy weeks. Um, so, at least for us, if, if you're good at it. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I like the Steelers' defense. Uh, best best defense against the run so far. Just to overall, really solid. I think they're top four in sacks too. Yeah, it's a really really good option. Yeah, they um, you know, they're forty four hundred on DraftKings, which is the sixth most expensive, and that's that's fine. I think I think that's something you can really consider. Like I said, I really can't overstate or understate or overstate or however it's going to be how bad this Eagles offense is, with really not a lot of hope of getting better. Um, they're just I, they, hmm. I mean, they're supposed to get guys back at some point, but they're still playing just like last year. They're just playing with a skeleton crew of wide receivers, and they like to throw the tight ends, and they're already down one of those guys. So it's just not. I just don't see. There's not a huge path. Uh, to getting better, and like I said, I, I do think that it might be being overlooked that they're 
the Steelers just got a full week off to prepare. <laughs> like that's just that wasn't supposed to happen this early in the season, and with mm-hmm. the and the Eagles coming back from the West Coast, uh, it all kind of just adds up. I think to be a value spot here for the Steelers. Panthers go in and play the Falcons. This line started Falcons minus three and a half is now down to minus two. So points coming up on the Carolina side. We talked a lot about Carolina yesterday, um, so I don't think we need to rehash all of it. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about Mike Davis. We talked about Robbie Anderson. The latter two are much stronger cash plays in Davis and Anderson, I think, just because you have such good options at the top of the quarterback tier. Guys like DJ Moore, we've wanted to play in the past, and he had started off the season with decent target share. kind of dropped off last week. I don't want to make huge changes based on one week because the targets have kind of been there. Any other interest in him? And then we can kind of move on to the other side with the Falcons. No, not really. Uh, he was, like you said, a chalk option on DraftKings last week. He, if things went back to last year, he would be a great value, but I don't think we're going to mess with it this week. Uh, and probably the fact that people are so aware of him as a play means that you're not going to get any value in big tournaments either. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stay away. Um, okay, what about on the Falcons side? The, there's a lot of points supposed to go up here. The Falcons, uh, it's hard to know exactly, like, if Julio Jones is just hurt, if they're if he's just cooked, uh, it could be that too. Like he's been terrible this year. It was really I mean, he's been in on and off the injury list, but last yeah, so week, last week Julio he he went out there. He was bad in the first half. Well, he was reasonable. I mean, he had four targets and caught all four balls, but he didn't return after halftime. Yeah. And so theoretically, that should have meant something for you know Calvin Ridley, who had no catches on five targets. Um, you know, Gage has been banged up as well. So, yeah, this might be one of those cases. We were extremely bullish on Ridley and Gage in the absence of Julio the last time around, but neither of those has really materialized in the way that we expected. I mean, I don't think we can go back there for cash games. Uh, are you seeing something else that we might be able to key in on here? I'm mostly just making the point that this has now become a very difficult team to project. And you don't want to play Olamide Zacchaeus? <laughs> he was yeah. all, he was awesome. <laughs> I, My targets last week. <laughs> I, no, I don't. I don't really want. I mean, look, if if one of these guys, if one or both of these guys were to sit, I, Ridley's not on the injury report, but the Julio thing is. Here we go. The Julio thing is like, I I just don't. I just think he's he just must still be hurt. So I like there's just no other way. If he's if they if they kind of like rolled him out into the field as a decoy last game and then realized it was just kind of too much, that that would make sense to me. But you can't trust him at all. I think you could go back to Ridley if Julio was out and there was no injury tag on Ridley, and but there's just I just need to know I just need to I just need to see where we are with the injury stuff here. I think at this point there's, it's just too it's just too up in the air and it's just too problematic and I don't know. And if everyone were to play, I don't think you can play any of them. Is that a good summation? I don't like I just don't. It's just too yeah. It's just too weird. Yeah, I think it's it's a big tournament thing regardless. Um, just because I mean right. I guess if we had Ridley Julio. And Gage <laughs> all ruled out that maybe we would be on the uh, Olamide Zacchaeus bandwagon, but I don't know. It's we've we've bitten bitten a few times on these done it for one week guys this season, so I don't know if I could go back to the well there. Um, it looks like Ridley and Jones do still have injury tags for the thigh and the hamstring on there, so um, something to monitor as we go into the week. I'm they've played through pain before, but the yeah Julio didn't practice Wednesday. Um, they played through pain before to really suboptimal results. So there could be something interesting that comes from this. Uh, I think we'll just have to monitor where we are. It's Again, it's always the worst when everyone's just kind of banged up and everyone plays because so, you just can't really make any great determinations. Uh, but that might be where we are here with the Falcons. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll kind of keep rolling on with these games. 
Raiders going and play KC. This game started at minus 12 for the Chiefs, is now up to minus 13 uh, for Kansas City. I believe the Raiders got a COVID test positive yesterday, but they didn't announce who it was. So we'll probably hear some more news today as tests come in and where we're with the status of this game. Uh, as of right now, we'll just assume that it's going to play, uh, and then we'll just you know, and we'll deal with it uh, as things move on. Uh, like we said the Chiefs had a situation last week where they got moved to Monday. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs seem to have any issues here. We did talk about CEH uh, from the Chiefs yesterday as a possible cash game play. We didn't talk about Mahomes, and Mahomes actually is a guy, after I ran some more, a few more updates, Mahomes is a guy actually coming into some lineups now, uh, even at 9,000 on FanDuel, a little bit 7-7 uh, seven, seven on DraftKings, but he's a guy that is starting to show up for us uh, in terms of top lineups. Not saying he'll be the final guy that's there, but it's just interesting to have his name kind of get wrapped in here. Is this a guy that we could... I mean, we don't need to make the case for Mahomes uh, from a talent level. Uh, that one's obvious. It's more of a, where are we on a on a price scale? Is this a place where we'd be comfortable paying all the way up for a quarterback, even knowing there are some other just decent guys in this tier this week? Yeah, sure. I mean, we can always talk ourselves into Mahomes if that's what the numbers suggest. Uh, he hasn't scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in a game so far this season, so the floor is there. You know, he was the guy before Jackson who was the outrageous consistency guy from two seasons ago, right? So I think that Mahomes has a really long track record of just having an absolutely outrageous floor. So yeah, I'm totally fine running him out there if we need to. Yeah, he's quarterback four on the season this year, Prescott, Wilson, Allen, and then Mahomes. This is a great matchup. I do think there's a situation where stacking he and CEH in terms of just uh, safety feels decent to me. You know, I like yeah. to think about stuff like that, even though it doesn't always make you sense. You sure do. But, yeah, I do. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, and this is a situation where they just have the most points, and you know you're going to get a concentration of those points definitely from those two guys. And so um, I do like that situation if the numbers sort of bore out. We are in a weird situation with wide receivers this week just because I think that we're going to end up having like this upper to middle tier, middle to upper tier running backs and, that, and and probably a quarterback too, and that means we're really getting crunched. Sammy Watkins is a guy that's kind of showing up around here. I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts there. Uh, I don't think we're going to go the Kelsey route because we like Kittle so much, but um, I, I, I'm just trying to – the reason I'm throwing out a guy like Watkins is because like we might just be getting a little bit weird here with, <laughs> with wide receivers this week. Um, mm. Is he a guy that you could see – He's only and he's only 4,500 – on DraftKings. Is he a guy we could see running out there? Did have seven targets last week. The target share has been okay to start the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the target share has been fine. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot with the targets that have been thrown his way, which is not usually his calling card, actually. Uh, it's usually, like, in past situations, it's been higher targets um, and then, you know, higher yards per catch. They're using him in a bit of a different way this season, so I don't know if we want to revisit our underlying assumptions Normally, when we played him in the past, it's been when Tyreek Hill has been out. Uh, that's not the case, so I can't say I'd be enthusiastic about it. But you know, it's—I I guess I could consider it. But still, man, like when when this team is at full strength, three targets, one catch against the Chargers, I feel like probably we yeah. can do better there. Yeah, I'm just like I said, I'm going to start end up throwing out some of these these lower tier wide receivers because I we are going to be—I do feel like we could get three quarters of the way through this podcast and not have discussed too much on the wide receiver front because some of the names that are getting thrown out there for our system. I mean, we talked about Amari Cooper yesterday. We'll get to him in Dallas. We already talked about Robbie Anderson. It's really scrounged around the scrap heap uh, after these guys. And it's just, and and I don't think that's really going to change all that much. Uh, On the Oakland side, 
it looks like you know, guy Hunter Renfro is a guy we wanted to play in cash. I, just, I don't mind it. Darren Waller is a guy we wanted to play in cash uh, two weeks ago, and then kind of went back away from it, and that was kind of ended up being, a, you know, <laughs> should have just stuck with it. <laughs> sell high, sort of buy low. Anyway. <laughs> it does look like Henry. High, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The old sell the top of the market strategy, which I've taken at times with different investments. There's a. Uh, it does look like Henry Ruggs is going to come back this week after sitting out. Um, I don't know if that affects how we feel about some of these pass catchers, just in terms of redistributing the targets because rugs while you know not a huge target guy is at least uh like you know he's a guy that they want to get targets he was averaging about five targets a game when he was playing would we have to would that be enough to sort of knock some of these other guys out of cash contention a guy like especially a guy like renfro who's coming cheap that i think if rugs were to sit again i'd probably go back that way yeah, I don't want to play Renfro if Ruggs is around. Um, just his influence on the offense. I mean, he averaged four targets a game, so it's not like he was blowing anyone away. But Renfro, when Ruggs was out there, had two and then three targets in those two weeks. So whatever was happening, it was changing. I don't know if it's a snap count. I just don't know off the top of my head. But, I uh, yeah, I would not be interested in going back to Renfro if Ruggs were there. I don't think we could do the Josh Jacobs thing with them being such uh, heavy underdogs, even though Casey has allowed it to the run in the past. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're, you know, we're on the Chiefs side of this ball. I'm just not seeing it too much on the Raiders side unless you wanted to just stack going the other way and hope they can get into a shootout. Rams going to play Washington. Rams started as 9.5-point favorites. It's down to 7.5 now. Um, the big news on the Washington side is that right after we were done with our podcast yesterday, they did announce that Dwayne Haskins was being removed in favor of Kyle Allen, who will be mm-hmm. starting now. Kyle Allen obviously played quarterback poorly under Ron Rivera when they were in Carolina, but they are going to make the move. We talked about Terry McLaurin as a cash game play yesterday, but is the move from Haskins to Allen enough to take McLaurin off the table just because of the uncertainty around a new guy throwing, or is McLaurin just good enough that he can withstand moving from one bad quarterback to another bad quarterback? Yeah, this one is awfully tough. Um, if there's a, a feather in McLaren's cap here, it's that Allen, you know, he, he did create fantasy opportunity in Carolina last season, right? I mean, he was bad overall as a quarterback, but like you said, we did play DJ Moore somewhat on the regular, and his price remained pretty low, probably as a result of Allen being so bad as I right. think about it. Uh, so I could see it. It's going to, it's, I'm already not thrilled about having any part of the Washington offense, but it's also hard to imagine that it will be worse under any quarterback who's in the NFL other than Dwayne Haskins. So, yeah, this this one feels awfully tough to me. Like, I could I could see doing it, and I could also feel see feeling sick over it when Allen gets in there and, when, you know, has hit Dontrell Inman for three targets on the first drive or something, right? So right. it's a, this, this is a tough one to me. I, I can't say I've totally made up my mind here yet. I don't think I can stomach new quarterback, new bad quarterback situation on a bad team with a wide receiver. I, I get yeah, it. I get that answer. he's not that. If he was, if he was cheaper, I could, I could probably talk myself into it. And it's not like he's expensive for the production. He's been good. Um, so I'm not really overstating. I don't think I'm, you know, over understating him. But 6,300 on on Fanduel is just tough. And 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 the Rams are a good defense too, right? Like you're going to see a little bit of Jalen Ramsey probably out there. Uh, he doesn't cover corner, but you're gonna you're gonna run into problems here. So I just. I think there's just enough red flags. And if and look, if, Terry, if Kyle Allen figures out that Terry McLaurin's his new best friend and targets him 13 times, okay, I'll take the L, but it won't be from the, the process having been poor, right? Because I think I think that's 
I was fine with it before with the Haskins thing because at least we had seen it when they had played other decent teams. But this one is just probably too many moving parts for me now uh, to really talk myself into it. And then you get the Rams. Um, looks like Cam Akers is going to come back. So I, it does. I, I mean, they were already kind of splitting still the, the Henderson and Malcolm Brown thing. And now they're going to get Cam Akers back. Uh, I don't think you can touch this running game at all. And that's kind of all they wanted to do is run. And so I'm not right. sure how much you can touch the passing game either because <laughs> like they're they're huge favorites. This uh, this whole thing might just be a stay away from me because the Rams are one of these teams where they're just happy to give the ball. Every, everyone gets a, a bite at the apple. And even as big favorites against a team, a Washington team that's, I don't know, whatever, on defense they're okay. The I, I, There's just I, there's too much uncertainty just about how they distribute the ball. Yeah, agreed. I mean, these wide receivers are simply priced higher than – what their target share is right so like woods is getting like seven targets a game that's just not enough to pay 6700 for cup is up at 7200 slightly more targets but his price i think is largely fueled by getting touchdowns in the last couple games so yeah i'm I'm nowhere near this rams offense this week unless we get more injury news moving on to the bills and titans i actually don't even know how much time we want to spend in this game there's still no line in the we can't they're not there's, yeah play. there's there's no line in the game still um they we had another positive test with Corey davis yesterday for the titans there was uh, a report that came out that titans held an unauthorized practice in the middle of the covid piece um and that they all that they all just got together and practiced um and someone you know someone just caught them on film doing it and so i don't know if they're going to face you know fi- additional fines and and what's going to happen with them um going forward i think the nfl is probably like this is the of all the situations we didn't want to deal with, this is probably the one they probably least want to because I like I, I saw people making case, oh, they forfeit the game then and all this other stuff. I don't think that they're going to want to do that. But um, I, I, it's looking increasingly unlikely that this game is going to be played again this week. So I, I don't think we need to spend too much time here. Um, look, if they play, then Derrick Henry's a play. I, I They might get A.J. Brown back here. So um, that would be interesting with no Corey Davis because Davis is not going to be able to play because of the COVID test. But if, if they, I'm just going to roll through this real quick because I'm going to roll through this game. These are like the things I think we can, you know, if they play the game, I think Henry's a cash game play. If Brown is in with Davis out, I think Brown actually might be a cash game play. And then on the uh, on the Bills side, they're, they're going to get Zach Moss back. So the Devin Singletary usage is probably set to drop a little bit. And then I think the rest of it is just wait and see. Is that like a fair s- summary of what we have going here? And, and like I said, I'm feeling very bearish on this game playing at all. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's probably worth getting into it too much further just because even like so much could change <laughs> leading up to this. that I think it's generally wasting people's time to go too deep. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's keep. Let's keep rolling. I think. Are we into the four o'clock games yet? No. Uh, Cardinals go in and play the Jets. The game is a seven and a half point Cardinals road favorite here going to play New York, which is a total mess. They had Sam Darnold last week. He gets hurt during the game. I cannot believe Adam Gase still has a job, by the way. Um, the Darnold gets hurt during the game. Leaves goes to the locker room. It's so clear that he has like either a separated shoulder or a sprained shoulder. Comes back in plays and then as soon as the game's over it's like yeah he had a sprained shoulder he's got to sit out now so they just they brought him back in hurt uh, it's just it's just a disaster the jets uh joe flacco is going to get the start here i think joe flacco under center i was kind of like maybe dreaming on a jeff smith or maybe dream, dreaming on a jamison crowder or guys like this just because i was looking for some cheap targets uh, you can't even do it with joe flacco like i was it was squinting to see it with darnold uh i don't think you can do it at all flacco right like i don't i think you could do it if darnold was healthy i think you could go with jamison crowder but yeah, with Flacco, again, it's the combination of the unknown. There are just so many 
balls that Flacco can't even throw anymore, too, just because of his age and like what we've seen from him in the not-too-distant past. I can't imagine he's improved since the last time we saw him under center, given his age. So, yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere near the Jets as well. All right, let's talk about the Cardinals here. Kyler Murray's a guy we've been wanting to play. Uh, he's been fine, if under a little bit underwhelming over the last couple weeks. Uh, guys like Kenyon Drake are people that have, he was been like chalk, people dying to play him. And this is another situation where they're big, kind of big-ish favorites. Drake has totally stunk, and he saw some of the snaps get burned off to Chase Edmonds. I guess we'll start with Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. We haven't talked about a, you know big wide receivers because I don't think that's how the prices have shaken out. But is this a situation where we could be looking at a bounce back against a pretty rough Jets team? I certainly love Kyler Murray. I'd be more than excited to play him. I'll never totally understand like what happened last week where yeah. he was efficient, 24 of 31, three touchdowns in the air, zero interceptions. The yards obviously weren't there. Um, he was effective on the ground, and then they just lost. It's just like right. I just don't I don't know what to say about it. That's that's kind of where I'm going to land eventually. So I and I mean and still the fantasy total was there, right? He scored 23 points on FanDuel. So yeah, I'd be pumped to play Kyler Murray again. I think he's the main reason why the running game there is never going to be very exciting because so much of the like if you're four yards away, it just makes no sense to hand the ball to a running back when you can have a guy who can either throw a picture-perfect pass or just scramble in for the touchdown. So uh, I love his floor and his ceiling, both based on his touchdown equity when it comes to being a part of this team. Uh, like you said about Hopkins, I don't think he shows up. I just don't think the money's there for us this week in cash. Obviously, this will be a popular big tournament stack. The targets were still there for Hopkins last week, even if he wasn't getting the ball down the field in the same way. Like he caught seven balls for just 41 yards. I don't expect that that will continue, given the skill set of both of these guys. So yeah, st- stick with it, stay the course. If you if Hopkins, if you can afford him, you shouldn't be worried about last week's performance. I just don't know that it works out that way. Yeah, uh, I think that's a pretty good summary. I think we're still going to struggle. I'm gonna, it's going to be may- maybe down to the wire about what quarterback we're going to play in this slate, uh, and maybe it just ends up coming down to the money, and that's just the way it goes. And that's maybe let's just let the chips fall where they may, because there Murray is in that short list of guys that are near the top of this this, this uh, quarterback chain that I want to play. Now, Murray, no one played him last week, which I was really surprised about. Um, and so maybe that's, you know, we'd be off chalk again by playing him, and maybe that's reason enough. But uh, definitely a situation to monitor uh, a game where Arizona is clearly going to want to really step on it here because I think they've just they've suffered these two losses in, in back-to-back weeks, the, the Lions and Panthers, and I think that that's just not – yeah, it's just a, just a disappointing. <laughs> Ever since I bet on them to make the playoffs, um, they've lost nothing. Went out and lost the last two games. Jacksonville and goes in and plays the Texans. Obviously, the big news here: Texans fired their coach, Bill O'Brien. Um, they're bringing in the interim. Um, I think it's Romeo Cornell. I should look at that again. I should have known about who who the interim coach here is. But um, they are six and a half point home favorites against the Jags. I I put in the bets on the Jag side here. Um, the there I did see an article yesterday that was pretty bullish on quarterback or head coaching changes and how teams have performed after the change. And it's generally been positive, um, which I guess kind of makes sense from a narrative standpoint, but um, I don't know. Like the, the Texans, they, they've still been pretty bad to start the season, even with, um, even with a, a really tough schedule to start. What are your thoughts on this game? We talked about Deshaun Watson. Watson is starting to creep into some lineups here um, at 7,900 on FanDuel. And I think he's 7,000 or 6,800 on 6,900 on DraftKings, starting to creep into some lineups. Are we going to go there? We talked a little bit on yesterday, and then, I don't know, you can give me your thoughts on this game in general. 
Yeah, this is a this is a tough one. I don't know that I would prefer to play him for four hundred less than Kyler Murray. Uh, so I think, you know, given that you only play one quarterback, I think I'd like to take the savings somewhere else. Of course, that's just me and as an emotional meat sack of a human being, I'll trust our little robot optimizer to figure out whether that's actually correct as we get closer to game time. But um, another guy I'm kind of interested in here is Will Fuller. Will Fuller was obviously very involved in that Kansas City game. His involvement has tailed off dramatically. I mean, he went up to seven targets against Minnesota last week. He's the type of guy I could see getting more looks under a new coaching staff because he's by far the most talented skill position player they have, right? So uh, we were very bullish on him to start the season. The price has actually crept up because he scored touchdowns in each of the last week. But, you know, if he goes back to being an 8-10 to 10 target a game guy, I think you could still see some value here. And uh, obviously a fairly solid matchup with Jacksonville. So, yeah, I am i don't want to sleep on Will Fuller given some of the names we're kicking around so far. What about David Johnson? So David Johnson, um, when we're talking about home favorites and running backs, this is the, this is where we want to be kind of. And he last week he touched the ball 16 times, uh, rushed the ball 16 times, had three targets. Did go 36 to 25 in the uh, snap count with Duke Johnson, but that might have been because they were playing more from behind. He's a guy, but I'm not sure like with a new regime if they're going to be as motivated to play a guy who O'Brien was the guy who traded for him, right? Like so, I don't know. Is that enough of a narrative piece to avoid a guy like Dave Johnson, or has he just like been bad enough to avoid him? What are your thoughts on Johnson? Because he is, he does feel like he could be. Talk, I could talk myself into a cash game play for him, and I just. Maybe there's just too many question marks. Yeah, I think you avoid him on the basis of both narrative and his ability. <laughs> and I think you do it pretty happily. Um, you know, yeah, the opportunity was up a little bit last game. I think it was like the least, uh, the worst kept secret in the league that they were going to try and force the ball to him after the widely panned trade of Johnson with Hopkins. He's been just horrendous on a per-touch basis. Some of that could be matchup-based. Like, he's obviously a lot worse against Pittsburgh than he was against Minnesota, but I just don't see any any reason to do it, uh, you know, especially given that they have a very effective backup there as well in Duke Johnson. So, no, I'm not, I'm not touching David Johnson in my cash games. I'm more interested in James Robinson. I think I was just about to. So I was just about to ask you because he, they're the same price and in the same game. And but and the, the Robinson piece is interesting because they're underdogs here. Our system does like Robinson more just because he's been better per touch. He's but, more talented. And, oh yeah, for sure. But playing these underdog running backs has me was always going to have me uh, more than a little concerned because he's just not necessarily completely locked into every down back territory when the game is when the game's close. So like, or excuse me, when they fall behind, because like two mm-hmm. games before he played less than half of the offensive snaps and in a game they were trailing. So I don't know. It's, this is what makes me just a little bit worried, but you feel like you'd be, you feel more comfortable James Robinson than, than David Johnson at the same price. Yes, definitely. I don't know if I would feel like excited to play him in cash necessarily, but I would certainly feel more comfortable with it. Uh, even in that Miami game you referenced, he still touched the ball 17 times. Uh, and, you know, in this kind of new this new wave of running backs that we're experiencing in daily fantasy right now, there are a certain class of running backs like Robinson. Uh, you know, Mike Davis is this way. Uh, Saquon Barkley was this way before he got hurt. But these guys who will still be very involved in the pass catching game, even when their team is behind, I think teams are realizing that you don't need to get 18 yards per reception when you're trailing. You just need to keep moving the chains uh, very aggressively. So yeah, I don't think he gets totally ruled out even if this game does trend toward a blowout. And I'm not convinced after we saw what we saw from Arizona last week that it will. 
So, I'm sorry, <laughs> what we've been seeing from Houston so far this season, that we will. Houston, of course, being 0-4. So they can be as big a favorite as they want when your team is just straight-up winless on the season <laughs> a quarter of the way in. I can't be so worried about them just blowing you out, right? So, yeah, I'm a, I'm not concerned about game script, I don't think, for Robinson here. I bet Jags plus 6. I bet Jags plus 228. Um, I just don't see... I, just being a six-point favorite when you haven't won a game and you just switched your coach. I get it that they have some pedigree here with a guy like Deshaun Watson, but the Jags have been frisky to start the season, and I don't know. That's a, that's a lot of stuff. That's a, there's, there's a lot of bad things you can see. There's there's more negatives, I think, on the Houston side than positives at this point, um, even if you think that the coaching change is going to be a net positive in the long run. Moving on to the next game, we have Dolphins go in and play. Oh, actually, real quick. Uh, sorry, I was going to ask one more question about this. With these running backs, because they're all in the same range, and we talked about one before. In cash, James Robinson, I guess I already know the answer because you already answered this about David Johnson, or James Conner. They're all pretty much the same price on FanDuel. I prefer James Conner. Yeah, I think so too. Um, like Conner's 400 more than Robinson on FanDuel and 600 more than David Johnson, and I think I... Yeah, I think, I think, I think Conner's just a straight-up breakout candidate. I think he could be... I wouldn't be shocked if his price tag was 8000 in three weeks. I'd be pretty surprised if James Robinson got to that territory. So, yeah, he's. I think he's. he's the answer. Okay, fair enough. Um, Dolphins go in and play the Niners. Niners are nine-point home favorites. This line, this game took forever to get a line going on it. Uh, I think I finally got one yesterday, um, just opening up, and I think they were probably waiting on the quarterback situation to get worked out. It doesn't look – Jimmy G has been – it's, it's unclear about who's going to start a quarterback right now. Um, I don't think they've officially announced it. Jimmy G is not ruled out, so they could bring him back. We did talk about Jarek McKinnon yesterday in the Cash Game podcast, but we need to write him off completely now because Raheem Mostert is going to be back this week. So the McKinnon play from yesterday is no longer a cash play. That's how life comes at you fast there. Uh, and then we did talk about Kittle as a guy that we're probably just going to end up paying up a tight end. Would the quarterback situation matter for you at all with Kittle at this point, or is he just sort of in quarterback independent because of the, the, the system the Niners run? Uh, that, that's actually fairly close for me. I think I liked... I always, when a guy is going well, I just like things to stay the same. <laughs> you know, like we talked about with McLaren as well. Uh, Kittles obviously has a higher pedigree and a higher track record. And last week was so good that I, I feel like I'd be taking crazy pills if he just goes back to five targets this week. But with the Niners, don't you just kind of never know? I feel like we've been yeah. down this road specifically with Kittle in the past too. So, you know, I'm hoping for the situation to stay the same, I guess is the is where I'll land with it. And we'll kind of go from there. Uh, as for the running back thing, I'm seeing that Mostert was on the practice field, but that he doesn't still have clearance from the 49ers medical staff. I don't know if you've seen a more recent update than I have. That was last night. So I, I think that's still in kind of wait-and-see mode. Uh, we still might have the option of playing Jerick McKinnon, but certainly Mostert returning to practice in any capacity doesn't bode super well for him. So uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. This is a 4 o'clock game. Hopefully we'll have news in advance of it. If we don't, then you don't play McKinnon. But I think if Mostert's ruled out before then, then, or if he doesn't practice later in the week in a full capacity, then I think we can consider it. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, the I thought I read a note that he practiced in full, but uh, you're right. Um, so maybe I was I jumped the gun on that. So that's this is definitely a situation to monitor. Uh, and yeah, and I'm with you on the Kittle part because there is a world where they just get up 10 in this game and they just stop passing altogether because that's that's sort of what the 49ers uh, MO is as well. And that's where the kid, and that's typically where Kittle's targets just kind of fall off a cliff. It's not so much that 
it's not so much that they're just not looking at him. It's just that this is not a team that really wants to pass the ball all that much. They want they they want to run the ball as much as possible. And if they get into you know catch up situations like they sort of were with Philly last week, then then the passes sort of materialize. But they can they can go away really quickly if the game if they feel like the game is just in hand. Dolphins, anything to see here? Fitzpatrick was a guy people played last week. Um, this I don't know. This feels like the defensive situation and just the overall pace for the Niners. Makes me not want to go there, but Devontae Parker had 12 targets last week. Isaiah Ford had 10 targets last week as they were playing catch-up. Uh, anything to see here on the Dolphins side? Yeah, not really. Not Certainly not for cash. I think, you know, there's – you can take the highest-paid skill position players at each position on any team and be like, hey, sure, you know, let's roll the dice for cash games uh, – or for big tournaments, rather. Like Devontae Parker, I think he finally showed flashes that – he could go back to being a guy people were dreaming on with fairly high picks in season-long leagues. Obviously, the target share hasn't completely been there up until last game, but the fact that he's still capable of 12 targets, 10 catches, and 110 yards means that he can occasionally be worth a heck of a lot more than 6,400. So uh, Niners still a tough defense, though. I don't think you're going to go too deep on the Dolphins here. Uh, real quick before I get to the next game, Adam Schefter just reported that there was another positive test for the Titans uh, here this morning. So um, their COVID positive test train continues to roll on. They can do the old zero days since, a neg- since all <laughs> negative tests thing on the chalkboard and then move on for their practice facility. Giants go yeah, in and they, we're getting to the four o'clock games now. Giants go in and play the Patriots. Oop, they don't play the Patriots. Giants go in and play the Cowboys. Cowboys are nine and a half point home favorites. We talked a lot about Dak yesterday. We talked about Zeke. We talked about uh, Amari Cooper. I think not, nothing really there has changed from a cash game perspective. This is a smash spot for the for the Dallas offense, and that's if you want to hear our thoughts on this, just go back and listen to yesterday's podcast because we did talk really at length about it. Uh, on the Giants side, the Cowboys have given up a ton of points this year. No way around it. Uh, it's kind of not matter who they played. Now they played better offenses than the Giants, so that part. Um, you know, that it's going to make sense that, like, you know. Teams... How's that even possible? <laughs> Fair point. Daniel Jones, I actually <laughs> got, I got a little creeped out when I saw Daniel Jones, like, kind of popping around some optimal lineups Uh-oh. this morning. <laughs> yeah. But, I, well, it's because, it's just because Dallas has just let it up this season. And, like, their, their number, like, some of their defensive numbers are kind of, like, off the charts in terms of what they give up. I We regressed it a lot because it's not set to continue. But, man, I, it, 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 it has been very real on that side of the ball <laughs> through the first four weeks. Um Look, I, I'm not going to rehash the whole Dallas thing. We did it all yesterday. Anything on the anything on the Giants side, um, knowing that they're playing a team that has given it up completely on the defensive end, Giants have some dudes that can catch the ball. You know, Evan Ingram, Slayton, Golden Tate. I don't know how aggressive we want to be on some of these guys. It sure looks like they're going to be playing catch-up, and Dallas hasn't stopped anybody this season. Yeah, Evan Ingram is the one guy I can sort of picture playing in a meaningful contest this week just because he had the 10 targets last week. If for some reason we get spooked on Kittle, maybe that's the direction we turn. Tate's averaged six targets, but man, these have not been high-value targets. Uh, Four catches for 20 yards last week, five catches for 30, 60 yards the week before. Hasn't even sniffed paying this $5,500 price tag. Darius Slayton showed flashes early in the season. That really hasn't materialized since after that big two-touchdown game. Like, it's just been terrible across the board he hasn't topped uh 6.3 fantasy points since then so now nah, dude I, I evan ingram is a maybe the rest of these guys have to be crossed off i think yeah that's, i probably feel that same way I, I don't mind jones as maybe a just a big tournament play going the other way he does run the ball so that's uh, if you're just if I'm trying to you know take 
some positives here. He will. He rushed five times last week, and he can pick up some yards that way. And if you think they're just playing catch up, and he's going to throw the ball forty-five times, then. But the the problem with him is though, it, you know, you say, oh, you're playing catch up forty-five times, but the the offense is so bad that they don't even get the opportunity to throw that many times, right? Like so, not all catch up situations for teams are, are the same, right. because. It's one thing that if you're the Falcons and playing catch up because you're like, okay, I can see parts where they just get chunks down the field and they're able to just get up the, the amount of attempts that they're going to need to sustain a guy like Matt Ryan. But then these other teams, when you're just bad, even if you're playing catch up, you can go three and out, right? And so it's not, it's, and that's how I kind of do feel about the Giants situation in general is that they're just, the offense is just rough. They have no running game, uh, obviously. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So while it might look good, just from a narrative perspective, it's it's I, I honestly I bet the under on this game. This game, our system has this game as a really pretty heavy under, and I and it kind of makes sense to me considering that there's reason to suspect the Dallas scoring is way beyond what could be like way beyond what could be sustainable. Does that make sense? Like for all the reasons I was like a little hesitant about guys like Prescott and Zeke and Cooper for their current. Not so, not so much Zeke. For the Cooper and Dak piece, uh, I did bet the under 54 here, and I think it might have come down. Nah, it's still at 54. Do you like that under? Like, Do you see what I'm saying? Like about it's just yes. not re- it's not reasonable to expect that, especially opposing teams are going to continue putting up as many points. Yeah, I, I, I somehow doubt that Dallas will both set the record for points scored and points allowed in the same season right. just because that tends not to happen. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think – the under is a strong bet. I, one thing that just happens in football time and time again, well, it's two things in the betting market. First of all, our sample sizes are inevitably very small, right? Like we've seen just four games, the influence of strength of schedule, random weirdness, a, one, a couple random 80-yard touchdowns. Like there's so many things that can happen that can move these big totals around. And then the other thing is that since football is so popularly bet by casual players, these lines can just get bet in random directions sometimes too, based on how big a market you're in or, you know, what you've done last week or whatever. So yeah, I think the inefficiencies are real. And I think people are, are overestimating the Cowboys ability to put up points and probably just overestimating the Giants ability to score points against the Cowboys defense. So I think this, like my best guess is we'll leave this week being like, I don't know, maybe the Cowboys defense isn't so bad after all. (laughs) And uh, if that's the spot, then you'll know that the under came in. All right, let's move on. Uh, the next game, New England is going to host the Broncos. I okay, so this line is at minus eleven, but I think it's off most books right now. So I don't think because there's just too much uncertainty right now. It does not appear as if Cam Newton's going to play because I don't think he has enough time to test negative enough uh, before the game. But this is I think this is the reason the game is just off the is off right now because um, there's just no there's this is another one of those ones where it's just simply too much uncertainty around if they're I mean I believe they're going to play although Stephon Gilmore tested positive yesterday so maybe we get more positive tests that come out of New England today but even if they did play and Cam didn't Cam weren't to start let's say I mean the quarterback situation looked so bad last week between Hoyer and Stidham that you definitely can't trust anything there Damian Harris though carried the ball 17 times and was pretty effective and Burkett carried I mean any, any quick thoughts on the Patriots here I do think we're definitely in a wait and see approach with them because there's just there is a lot of uncertainty around these tests. Yeah, well, and the quarterback play I think is another cause for uncertainty, right? So I don't think that this is a spot you're gonna really be chasing. Even if like even if it comes back and they're like, all right, everyone, Patriots all clear. Uh, everyone who's left gets to go out there and play. Who who are the good Patriots DFS plays in that in that context? I I, I can't see any. So I honestly just think it's totally irrelevant whether they 
get out there or not. Like I said, like it, it's I know Harris got the 17 carries last week and was good, but we've just had and he's 4500, so maybe you think about it, but we've just had so many examples over the years of these Patriots running backs being here today gone tomorrow. And I yeah, get with Burkhead and White still there. I just don't see how you do it. Burkhead had 12 touches himself, right? So yeah. I don't know, man. I do so I guess that would be a spooky one though, like if Harris winds up being chalk are we happy that we don't have him or sad? Also, James White, 11 touches. So between Burkhead and White, that's 22 running back touches. But Damien Harris is literally free <laughs> as well. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'd have to discuss it. My eyes went crossed at that $4,500 price tag. I thought it was higher than that. But um, Well, if he's yeah, just going to be like... You at least have to consider it. If he's going to be in the Sony Michelle role, which is like only carry the ball, never touch it in the passing game, I don't... I, well, which is what he is right now. I'm not going to feel bad about it then, I don't think. Um, then if he, you know, if he gets... If he, if he chews off his 100 yards and gets a touchdown, I just... I, it's so hard for me to stomach running backs that just don't touch the ball in the passing game, especially when there's other guys around here. And we've just seen it time and time again. It's, it's more than a decade of this with Bill Belichick. You just cannot play these running backs on his teams. This is not how he operates. You do not know on a week-to-week basis what the plan is, who's going to get the ball, what kind of scheme they're going to run. There's all over the place. And I think that, like, from that point of view, I'd have to – yeah, I just don't think I, I just don't think I could do it. And I get that the 4,500 – I guess I'd be a little worried because of the price because that meant someone got to get some – like, probably got more value at wide receiver than we were getting. And I – that and. That would probably be the only cause for concern. But there's just so many of these mid-tier running backs that I feel pretty good about this week that I don't feel like punting on a Patriots running back is the way to go. And I'm very specific here about it being the Patriots because, again, we've just been burned too many times with these guys. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it's a weird one. Uh, Denver, not much to see here. They're going to get Philip Lindsay back. So it looks like any, you know, any value we were taking from Melvin Gordon, who had put up a big week last week, is probably gone because they're probably going to go back to a running back by committee. Quarterback situation is still kind of a mess here. I, I'm not interested in this game, if it's even played at all, because we're going to be waiting on the test. Final game, Colts go in and play the Browns. This game started as a pick but is now two-and-a-half-point favorites in terms of the Colts on the road. The game has a 47 over-under. Ah uh, man, from a DFS perspective, the Colts—they just run the ball all the time. Uh, they, that's all they do—is just run the ball. I don't, and it's not even like it's all. Sometimes done. they pass to the running backs as well. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Like, have you seen like T.Y. Hilton? Is just—it's just a probably over for him. I, I did read a really damning stat that T.Y. Hilton's never been good with anybody but Andrew Luck, basically. Like all of his stats. Now again, he got to play with Andrew Luck for a long time, but anytime these other guys have come in, like Brissett, and now it's Philip Rivers. It's just it was it was basically the Andrew Luck show, and when he has not played with these guys, he's simply unplayable, and that's really borne itself out to begin this year. Philip Rivers, yeah, I mean, just example ten thousand of when a wide receiver's situation changed dramatically. You just have to wait and see, right? Yeah, so that's yeah, right. So I guess that's the anti Terry McLaurin case from before. Uh, anything, anything here? We did see. Um, I'll get to the Browns in a second. We. Uh, you know the Jonathan Taylor thing. I don't think we can trust, right? Like they're just—they look like they're fine, still continuing to sort of split carries. I know Taylor got 17 carries last week, but only played on 33% of the snaps. Um, are you, you're not willing to trust this running game, right? No, I mean the Colts did send you a message in that Minnesota game when they only gave Hines the ball a single time in the one week in right. human history where we played him. But yeah. he's back to uh, touching the ball, you know, 12 times a game, and that's. That's enough to give you pause. Uh, not enough to play him, but enough to give you pause that you can't run Taylor the other way, I don't think. Um, the Browns kind of interesting here. You know, we talked loosely about Kareem Hunt yesterday with um, Nick Chubb being out. How are you feeling about Hunt with another day to kind of chew things over? So, 
I just the, thought the report that the, on Hunt last week was that there is an injury note here. I don't think he's officially has an injury tag, but let me just uh, let me give you this real quick. So the Hunt, the first report was that Hunt came out of the game feeling pretty good uh, after he dealt with a little bit of a groin injury. Um, he's limited in practice again this week. He's seven thousand. We continue to have attrition at the running back position between him and James Conner at seven thousand. Do you have a preference, Conner? Uh, there, there's just there's uh, the the Browns seem content with like you know they brought in Darius Johnson last week and he was awesome <laughs> like 13 carries 95 yards and not to say he's going to be like the Nick Chubb role but they they kind of signaled that they don't want to run their guy all every play right they brought in Hunt specifically to like not have to run Chubb every every down and it's a lot we just see more and more of these teams doing this and if Darius Johnson is going to be effective then I think that you know you're going to see probably him eat you know cut into cut into the production just enough. Now, you know, if Kareem Hunt were to sit again, do we want to just play Darren, jo- Darren Johnson? Maybe, right? That's That that situation uh, would present itself yeah. as interesting, but I don't think we're going to get to that point. So um, between, like, the yeah, like James Conner, I just know what I'm getting with James Conner at this point. Like, I right, short of an injury, I get what the plan is from a game-to-game basis, and I just don't know if that's going to be the case with Hunt, and I think that's enough to be big tournament upside for sure because this guy can really, really, really turn it on. Between what he, I know, I know he didn't see any targets in the passing game, but that's that's a rarity for him. He does get targets, and so the part where he has big time upside, definitely, definitely has huge upside here. But I just, I'm gonna take the known stuff for now, just because I know it and I don't. Now look, if am I gonna feel dumb if he carries the ball 20 times? If he goes like 20 and four this week and and is an absolute monster and people really talk themselves into it. I this would be one where I was like, oh, if he was six, I don't think it's going to be the case, but if he was like 50% starting cash, I'd be like, oh, oh boy. You know, then I'm really, I'm tuning into that game with uh with my fingers you know, in front of my eyes, just kind of peeking at it. But other other than that, I think I'm willing to take a wait-and-see approach. Yep, that makes sense to me. I, I, that would be an exciting one, though, if Hunt were to sit for some reason. Okay, uh, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site, DFSR. Dot com for short go and check out a free trial to our projection system powered by our good friends over at lineup lab dfsr.com slash deals will get you started there optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings nfl it's going to get you nba while well, we still probably only have one more game left there mlb playoffs rolling along pga just teed off this morning it's all covered under one subscription package not going to find a better deal in the industry than that we'll also be in our members only chat room discussing really about every slate leading into or really every sport one of us is going to be in there talking about it, but definitely on Sunday mornings, uh, pounding through football all morning. Buddy, enjoy week five in the NFL. Let's do it.